Welcome back to the Value Adds Value podcast. My name is Kyle Krieger, and I am here with my co-host and co-founder, Wilkie V. Law III. We want to thank you for taking time to listen and share your stories with us. We appreciate you, whether you're listening on SoundCloud, on YouTube, on iHeartRadio, or on iTunes. We are a podcast for educators, created from a six-year conversation between us, two educators from different backgrounds and journeys that discovered that the true value in education is in the connections that teachers make with their students and the relationships that develop from that connection. The purpose of our podcast is to provide educators a platform to share their voices with others, make those connections, and to return value to the classroom experience and the teaching craft. Above all, we believe that when you add value to yourself, you add value to others. So welcome to Value Adds Value. Again, we want to thank you for checking out this podcast. If you want to connect with us, please feel free to find us on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram as at value as value. And you can also find Wilkie and his teaching experience on Instagram and Twitter at its.will.law.iii. And if you could do us a huge favor, it would mean the world to us, no matter where you're listening, whether you're on iHeartRadio, iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube. If you could hit the like, the subscribe button, and leave us a rating or review, it would mean the world to us. But for now, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Value Adds Value podcast. Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Value Adds Value podcast. It's just me, Kyle Krieger, today because uh, we have a special guest who has been, I got to say, super helpful in our journey. She has brought us into her conference and into her world of educators to educators we're super thrilled to have carrie conover on the podcast carrie how's it going hey hey it's going well going I, well thanks I, for having me yeah and we were just joking i i really have to hurry because you know there's a hallmark movie playing upstairs and i really gotta get i gotta get up there to see if the uh the the girl you know winds up with the man she's supposed to love you know the I'm, man in the flannel shirt because yeah, they're always, always like lumberjacks Yep. What, maybe that's my problem. Maybe that's why I was single till 35 that, you know, I didn't wear enough flannels. <laughs> you know, isn't it interesting that, well, you're a little, you're a lot younger than me, but I can't believe the f- comeback that flannel has made in this world. It's, you know, the funny thing with that too, is it's so crazy because my, my friends have a daughter who's 14 and uh, they're in their early forties. And my friend Megan is literally like, if I would have kept everything I wore in high school, I could have just given it to my daughter and it would have been like the coolest fashion statement ever. Yes. Overalls were like, and I hated them. I looked awful in them. Yeah. Um, But like overalls for sure. That one was scaring me. I think it's starting to phase back out um, Mm -hmm. without me having to buy a pair, but yeah, it's absolutely. All right. So before we get, you know, way down the uh, Hallmark movie rabbit hole, (laughs) and before, you know, before we get into educators to educators and and the the reboot conference, can you just give everybody a little bit of your background in education? Sure. Yeah. So I've been in education over 20 years, and I've basically had five phases to my career in education. I started off because I have a music degree working for a nonprofit. I worked for the Chicago Symphony Orchestra in their education division. Wow. And I 
was going out to, I was working with a lot of Chicago public schools, underserved schools. And as I was going out to these schools, I caught the teacher bug and I decided to go back and get my master's and become a teacher. And then I taught third, fourth, and fifth grade in Chicago public schools. And then when the iPad came out, the first iPad, no camera, uh, it's hard to believe that that first iPad wasn't, I think it was only what, maybe eight years ago. And it would have been, yeah, 2010, 2010. 2011. Yeah. And yeah. I, so Apple came to Chicago Public Schools and said, hey, we want to want you to pick a cohort of teachers to try one-to-one with iPads. And so I was one of those teachers. And from there, I fell in love with ed tech. Um, and after 10 years in the classroom, I transitioned to working in customer success at an ed tech startup, eSpark Learning. Um, mm-hmm. and then I wanted to see like a huge education company. So I went and worked for discovery, the discovery channel and worked in their education division wow. as a director of customer success and loved that. So I spent over four years crisscrossing the country. I have literally seen every kind of school, school district classroom you can imagine from rural, rural Pennsylvania to Miami Dade to like California. I mean, I've seen it all. And I was noticing a couple things while I was traveling. One, I was noticing that I was hungry to go out on my own. Something that I've always wanted to do was to create something from nothing. Mm -hmm. And that kind of bug was growing in me. Um, Two, I was noticing that teachers, um, they were lacking connection to other teachers outside of their school and school district. There was not a place for them to go, really, besides YouTube was starting to come together um, and, you know, social media that, you know, where you could just share tips and tricks and, hey, here's what works for me. Um, and then three, uh, I noticed that teachers were getting a little bit worn out and there were a lot of tired, upset teachers. There were a lot of happy, energized teachers, but Um, I would go into a room of hundreds of teachers to lead a professional development for my company I was working for. And um, teachers were tired and I did my best to, you know, make it energized. But I really felt like there was just something that teachers needed in the professional development world. Uh, So I set off to create E2E to do that. Yeah. And how long have, have you been doing that on your own? Well, I started about two years ago. Um, which a lot of people don't know this, but you know, the E2E conferences have been free and they're not free to put on. (laughs) Oh, for Uh, sure. You know, they cost a lot of money and a lot of time, but, um, so I was doing consulting work for education companies, Mm -hmm. uh, on my nine to five, you know, well, not quite nine to five because I worked for myself, but I was doing that and earning money and then turning that money around and building out educators to educators. So I started E2E podcast two years ago, and then the first E2E conference was last January. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, and it's so crazy that point you made, because I, I started teaching in 2008 um, and then moved to Houston in 2009. And it was, like you said, it was so crazy. There were so many times I felt like I was on an island and, you know, I worked in a huge district in Houston. But I, I a lot of times felt like I was on an island and it wasn't only until like we really get didn't get started on social media until like two or three years ago. And we really didn't, you know, commit to even like being active on it until like a year and a half ago or two years ago. And and 
you know, all the connections to the conferences and to people. And we made some really great friends on it are all because of that social media community. And um, it's been amazing, but I'm noticing a little bit, and I'm trying to think of the right way to ask it, but I'm noticing there's a more, I don't want to say negative trend on kind of the teacher Instagram or the teacher social media. Um, not in terms of like what's being covered, but man, it just all of a sudden like teachers became like this target and anytime a teachers are speaking out on things, they've, I mean, there's been a lot of teachers who've had a lot of nasty things said about them. And I'm kind of wondering what your perspective is on that. Well, and it's, it's like teachers bashing teachers sometimes. Yeah. That, yeah, that's exactly what I was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, no matter who you are, when you put yourself out there and you're vulnerable, there's going to have, people are going to have all kinds of reactions. You're going to love and praise it. And they're going to be critical of you. And they're going to be, I mean, you're going to have everything. That's part of the risk of putting yourself out there. Um, and that's why, frankly, I've grounded E2E in the classroom setting where teachers are talking about what they are doing, um, not only like teaching wise, but self-care wise. Yeah. So that we're we're taking care of the teacher and we're taking care of the teaching kind of. Right. Um but you're right there is that negativity. I mean my biggest piece of advice I guess if I were kind of talking about that two things is one and and I've been talking about this a lot recently the second that you can give people permission to not like you you will be set free in so many ways. Um, Not everyone is going to like you. Not everyone's going to love you and double tap with the heart. And not everyone is going to like what you have to say. And not every student is going to love you. And not every student's parents are going to love you. And not every administrator is going to love you. So I think as long as we're being professional and thoughtful in the things Mm -hmm. we do, um, then we can give permission to people to not like you. People might be listening to this podcast and be like, no, I don't like Carrie's voice or, you know, whatever I do. Yeah. Uh, and that's okay. You know, that's okay. If you don't like me, there are people that do like me and I like what I'm doing. So I think that yeah. is really, there's some people that really just stand out in my mind as people who stand strong in that, in the teacher community. Um, mm-hmm. and, and the second thing is, I think that, the idea of competition is a really interesting one in this space, right? And that we're making sure that we're collaborating um, with one another. And even even conference to conference, when I see other conferences um, that are putting things out there, I like it, I share it, I make comments. Um, I'm in support of all these teacher conferences. We're all doing things for the right reason. So I think across teachers, uh, we have to try to keep going for that collaboration over competition right right yeah you know and that's it's so it's so interesting to me how how that world has come to be and how quickly it changes and you know I thought Twitter was dying and now apparently like Twitter is the place where teachers are really doing doing the professional development side, like really having conversations rather than kind of showing what they do, which is more what Instagram is. So trying to get involved on Twitter and get involved on LinkedIn, it's, it's daunting. But like you said, 
I mean, I've definitely focused on Instagram in my business. Um, you know, I have a, I have a huge network on LinkedIn, a huge professional network that I lean on for things like sponsorships for the conference. I lean on LinkedIn for if there's someone looking for a job, um, and I need to help them. Um, for me, Twitter though, has just as much negativity. I actually just unfollowed, unfollowed someone, a huge Twitter ed tech person. I will not say this person's name, but every time they were posting and calling someone out or calling out a company or calling out what was wrong, poking holes in things. And, uh, so I think there's that, there is some of that negativity on Twitter as well. Um, and so, you know, it's going to be everywhere. I, I choose, I chose to focus on Instagram. We'll see if I I've thought about kind of headed to the Twitter direction in uh, right. 2020. We'll see if I actually do that, but right. it's a lot of work. Right. Yeah, it, it is. It's crazy how much, how much work it is. So kind of along that vein though, um, this month, you know, Wilkie and I, with our podcast this year with, you know, this school year, we're calling it the second full season, you know, at this time of year, we know how hard it can be for teachers to like get through the season changing and it's dark out and, you know, the days get seem to get longer and the kids get ornerier and all, you know, kind of all those things are converging. So what advice would you give to teachers, you know, to really not just coast into 2020, but to really keep the momentum going and, and really, you know, along, obviously we're going to talk about the conference, which is in December. That's a huge part, but leading up to that, what, what can teachers do to really set them up, set themselves up for success in 2020? Well, I've mentioned this before, but I don't know that a lot of people know that um, I lost both of my oldest brothers within five years of each other recently. And it's part of the reason I had the guts to kind of quit my job and start E2E. Right. And the, one of the biggest lessons coming out of that is I'm not trying to get through life anymore. And you used those two words. And I thought that was really interesting. And I think we all do like, how can I get through Monday so that I can go home and watch dancing with the stars? And how can I get through Thursday so that it's Friday? And how can I get through my commute home so that I can drink wine? Like we're trying to get through things. And I think as teachers, because the job is so hard and kids are exhausting um, sometimes and Mm -hmm. And so there is this push on getting through things. And so I think that's been the biggest lesson for me through all of my grief and loss is, um, you know, I'm trying to make the most of every hour, literally. And, you know, I was just downstairs. We're recording at seven, seven o'clock at night and I have a nine and 11 year old and I was doing, we had like a mile high of dishes and their junk was everywhere and I'm trying to get them to do their homework. And right. my son's in sixth grade. He was a little cranky. And those are the moments where I'm like, ah, where I really chuck myself. And I'm saying this, this is like, I'm still experiencing these frustrating times instead of trying to get through them. And, um, like by the end of it, we were, we were laughing over something. My daughter, Oh, my daughter, like, oh no, my son, <laughs> I had his book report, like instructions and I kind of tossed it at him and it brushed the side of his face and he flopped on the ground. Like he was flopping in like a sport because he's an athlete. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, nice flopping, you know? And then we started laughing. And I think mm-hmm. that 
the lesson I guess I'm trying to say here is like that whole situation of doing dishes and doing all that could have put me in a really crabby mood. And I still get in crabby moods, but I really try to just keep myself in a place of um, these emotions are all still important. I don't need to just try to rush through my feelings and time. Um, so anyway, sorry to go on a little bit of a tangent there, but I think for teachers, um, you know, during this time, um, there are kids that are going to remember the little things you do around the holiday season for the rest of their lives. Mm -hmm. Um, and it might be the littlest thing that you're not even realizing that you're doing the littlest impact that you might be having. Maybe, you know, holidays are a beautiful time, but they also bring out a lot of stress and families. And so I guess I would just say, like, try to live in that moment, you know, the when you're saying goodbye for your students for Thanksgiving break, you know, really mean it and say goodbye. Have yeah. have an amazing time. Can't wait to see you when I get back. And just slow that time down. Same thing when you go on to your winter break. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be thinking about you. Maybe you know a student whose family doesn't have a lot of money or they're going through distress. Just looking, taking the time to look them in the eye and say, hey, I'm going to really miss you over the next two weeks. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look forward to seeing those blue eyes when I get back or whatever it is. Right. I think when you live from that place of love, uh, it makes you in a better mood. How can you not be in a better mood when you're saying something like, like that to a student, even the student that drives you nuts, though, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's I mean, what I would say. Oh, man, it just made me think about two things. The first thing was, like, towards the end is, like, I should do a better job when I, like, even just made me think, like, I should do a better job when I dismiss my kids of really not being like, hey, you can go, but really being like, hey, you you know, saying something that's more productive than just like, hey, you can go, you need to get out of here, go to your next class. <laughs> but Well, you can't be perfect, but... Yeah, but also too, like when you were talking about just trying to get through, like I remember the start of my career, you know, in my mid-20s when like everything was just geared toward getting towards the weekend so you could go out and I was just like, oh, I wish so bad I could have that time back. Yeah, Knowing what I know now, knowing how much of myself like I gave up and and what did we do with all of our time back then tell me what did we do with all of our time yeah and it was so funny because I remember like I got you know I was I started in Houston when I was 25 and then by the time I like got to 30 and that was really when my friend group started to change because I was hanging out with people that were still like every Friday night they were going out and every Saturday night they were yeah. going out. And I just got to a point where I was like, no, I mean, I don't think so. Um, it was that point where you kind of were like, well, I'll go out from like four to nine or, you know, maybe like five to 10 and, and do that thing. But yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a huge regret I have, but it, and Wilkie talks about this. It's, it's a learning experience. Yeah. That's you know, you, what makes you who you are. You, you learned. And now I'm at a point where I'm like, Oh man, 815 rolls around and I'm in bed, you know, reading my book. <laughs> you uh, know, to, to that something to that point I was going to say too, this time of year um is a really good time to show in some way to your colleagues what they mean to you. Um whether that's like you bake cookies and you write a little note, whether that's you go to someone in your school, a secretary or a counselor or someone and just say like Hey, do you remember in the fall when you did this for me? Like, 
thank you. That actually helped me. I was really struggling or you are always, you know, just vocalize and say those things to each other too. I think mm-hmm. in teaching staffs are complex, complicated groups, oh my goodness. right? There's yeah. always somebody who doesn't get along with somebody or whatever. We know how that is, but mm-hmm. um, I think it's also just like when you say those things and vocalize those things to your colleagues so that they know it's going to come back to you mm-hmm. tenfold. Right. So let's, let's talk real quick about, you know, what educators to educators, the, you know, the website and the, the company itself offers to teachers. And and then especially, you know, the, the details of the reboot conference, but more importantly, you know, what teachers can get out of the reboot conference that's coming up at the end of December. Perfect. So thank you for the opportunity to share this. Yeah. So educators, educators started as a podcast. We have a podcast as well. If you'd like to check that out. Um, and we've morphed into a website that provides on-demand professional development. And so you can go two times a year. We have free massive conferences. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had Mm -hmm. 12,000 teachers sign up for the summer conference Um, Mm -hmm. and see your fellow teachers who are going to create 10 to 20 minute presentations on based on the theme of the conference. So, Mm -hmm. um, the one coming up is finishing strong, how to finish your school year strong in a couple of categories, teacher wellness, classroom environment, and testing season, how to survive testing season. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're free. They're online. So you can watch them in your GMEs. This year, we're doing it December 28th and 29th. Uh, we moved it last year. It was in the beginning of January. And some teachers said, hey, we, I have to go back to school. I'm going to miss it. So we pulled it back a little bit into right. the end of summer. You get in, there's 70 presentations. There's a scavenger hunt this year, which oh, is boy. super fun. Like one of the things that. on the scavenger hunt is hand to mind is sponsoring us. And yeah. you go in on like a shopping spree and fill your cart with $150 worth of stuff. And then you screenshot it and share it. And then they're picking a couple people that they're going to buy their cart for them. Like just really fun stuff like that. Yeah, they're uh, good. Hand The hand to mind crew, they're good people. Great. They're good people. people. Yeah. They're super supporters of E2E. Um, and so then you, the beauty of it is you go in. And let's say you start watching a presentation and you're like, eh, this person's not really for me or, eh, this isn't the right fit for my classroom. You press stop and you go to another presentation. You're not Mm -hmm. stuck in a presentation. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other nice thing about it, as you know, is that it, once the presentation opens, um, every presentation, or I'm sorry, once the conference opens, every presentation opens. So all Mm -hmm. 70 are available to you right away. Right. Um, What I realized last year, we sold a pass for teachers that wanted all access for another, I think it was 60 days. Yep. And then what I realized is people wanted this community year round. And we had all these amazing videos that teachers had created and they only got to live for two days. Um, And I also needed to find a way to start funding the cost of the uh, Uh conferences um, and so we launched a membership site. It's $10 a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and teachers, there's a theme every month. Um, so coming, the one thing I'm really excited about is the new year, what we have planned. So um, all the members, they get into the conference a day early. Mm-hmm. And then on the 28th and 29th, the whole world can come in for free for two days. Um, and then exiting that, the members 
in January, we're focused on teacher self-care. I'm doing like a spa day challenge, which will be fun. February, we're, we're focusing on supporting all students. Um, and so got some really cool guests in the lineup for that. And then in March, I'm going to take center stage at E2E, which I rarely do. And I'm going to present the whole month on resumes and interviewing, mm-hmm. um, which is really one of my specialties. So um, just, you know, trying to make the most of that membership site and continuously give teachers, you know, what they deserve, which is top-notch PD. Yeah. And, and I can attest, it's been so fun to be a part of it um you know and and to do that and it was so funny because Wilkie and I literally like we had a whole presentation like written out and then we just started talking about it because it was football season and basketball season and we totally like what was our initial presentation came became halftime adjustments which were like so we were so thrilled with, but it's, it's, I mean, it's so fun. There, like you said, there's so many people and there's, there's so much. And it's the thing I love about it is the 20, like the 10 to 20 minutes is something that's e- easily digestible. Yes. Oh, can I tell you something really cool for this conference, which yes. I just yes. announced on my podcast yesterday. Yes. So now there is a mobile app for the conference. So you download Kajabi, which is who I use for this provider. You log into the conference with the email that you registered with, and it is all on your phone. It is gorgeous. So if you are a member, if you're a member, you see all your modules. And for the conference, you get in there. I can send push notifications out to your phone, like, "Hey, um, Kyle Mulkey are live in the Facebook group. Go check it out." I mean, there's a million mm-hmm. really cool. It's yeah gorgeous yeah. um so that's a huge game game changer for us this year but the mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the thing I do really like about it is what you said that it's bite-sized and it's teachers teaching teachers you know um yeah that's been so and and this was the other thing that I think you and I have maybe talked about before just in passing is like when I started teaching 10 years ago I never was taught really by another teacher it was always someone who was a professional development curriculum writer leader of some kind and now I feel like it's so much more powerful when teachers are teaching others based out of their experience because for me it's always like when I'm learning from another teacher I'm like yes that has been that was my experience too yeah now I'm hearing something that can help me not only am I hearing something so I'm like yeah okay I'm not alone because that like we were talking about earlier you know we feel like we're on an island but now I know I'm not alone and here's somebody who's gone through it and is telling me what I can do to make my situation better. When I think about my role in E2E, I kind of think of it like a pyramid, not that I'm at the top, the, the queen of the right. pyramid at the top, right. but like, right. I think about it like this, like I'm nurturing this amazing E2E talent. I'm using my hands like you can see me, but you can't, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. but like I'm nurturing the the presenters and say like encouraging them and organizing it and finding these phenomenal teacher leaders who deserve this spotlight. And the presenters are nurturing the teachers, which is the base of the pyramid, which is holding this whole thing up. And we couldn't do it without each other, but um, 
you know, I really see it as me connecting with people who want to take a chance and take a risk and do something cool, like an E2E presentation. Mm -hmm. And then the presenters are the ones that are, you know, filtering down to the base of the pyramid, which is the teachers that are coming to learn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's, that is a perfect way to wrap it up. Like I said, um, if you want to sign up, you want to get going on the uh, conference, there is a link in the show notes that will allow you to sign up. We're also going to link up Carrie's podcast. So um, is there anything else you'd like us to put out there anywhere they can follow you places they can go to learn more about you and the conference? Check out educators to educators. That's the number two, by the way. Um, We're constantly changing the website up based on what we're doing. So check that out, put it in your bookmarks favorite and, and see what's going on. Definitely give the podcast a try. Again, um, I love this collaboration. So you guys are going to be on Educators to Educators in 2020. We're going to find a time for that to I happen. Would, we would love that. We would uh, love I think that. it would be a grand old time. We got to figure out something. I, really I, I love so much. Like I've done so like it's so nice to do the interviews. But every once in a while when I get the chance, whether it's with like uh, the Teach Better People or Gary Gray or whoever it is where we're on the other side of the microphone. I, I really enjoy it. It's so different, isn't it? It's to be, so different. This is actually the second podcast that I've been a guest on today. I recorded one earlier. Ooh. And that podcast was uh, an instructional coach and a tech director um, from a district in Texas. But it was really fun. And so I it is interesting some of the questions people ask you and you know when you're put mm-hmm. on the spot and you're just like okay mm-hmm. like what school district is and, and your brain goes completely blank. oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah for sure but for sure, uh, so. yeah so i i would appreciate if, if you want to check out the podcast again i'm all about the cooperation so i don't feel mm-hmm. you guys are my competition we should all be no, supporting each other not. um and then on instagram is really a great place to keep mm-hmm. up with what's going on at E2E and we're announcing the presenters right now. So make sure you check that out. Yeah, we're excited. And like we said, we are, I, I speak for Wilkie. He had his after school program tonight, so there was no way that he could make it, but we're, we're honored to be a part of it. And we are honored to have you on our podcast and we can't wait to be on yours. All right. I can't wait to meet you guys in person at some yeah. point. Soon, well, so. you, well, for me, if you're ever up Minneapolis, St. Paul, you just got to let me know. Okay. Otherwise, um, you know, yeah, I would, and, for you and I, I would love to get to talk to you offline sometime about kind of the conference space around the Midwest and stuff. But that's the podcast listeners don't need to worry about that. So <laughs> again, Perfect. Terry, thank you so much for your time. Thank you.